Good evening, everybody. Thank you for being here tonight for our State of the City of 2023. Before we get started, please stand and join me for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag. Thank you all very much. Please take your seats. Uh, good evening again and welcome. I am John Kozeski and I have the honor of serving as Executive Director of the Brexville Chamber of Commerce, your Chamber of Commerce. Thank you very much. Uh, on behalf of myself, our members, and our Board of Directors, I want to thank you all for being here tonight. Uh, I want to extend a very special thank you to Mary Jerry Ruby for continuing uh, this tradition of ours and allowing us to partner with him on this incredible night. And also, I want to thank Steve and the team at Creekside for the incredible catering in the back tonight. So a round of applause for them. I'll be short, but uh, it was ironic this weekend as I was preparing for tonight. I had a Facebook memory that popped up on my phone. And you know, I, I, I look at it, and it's a photo from this very night three years ago. And it's a photo of the mayor, myself, our chamber president, Chris Toth. And, and I'm looking at it, and first I'm struck by how incredibly more handsome we've all gotten <laughs> since then. But you know, more realistically, I started thinking, what did I say that night? You know, February of 2020, I, I, I stood up here, and I'm sure I gave some facts about how 68 cents of every dollar spent is kept in the local community, about how uh, small business owners are the ones that sponsor our local sports teams, and the mom and pops are the ones that keep our after-school programs alive. And, and all of that is still very, very true and why we should buy local. But looking at that photo of those three guys, in just four weeks, they would be begging this community to buy local for a very, very different reason. And so that's why, as a chamber, we partnered with the city and with the community to come up with everything we could, from buy local campaigns to restaurant tours to social media blitzes, everything that we could do together as a community to make sure that Main Street was still open for business after the pandemic. And this community did that. And you did it in an incredible fashion. You stepped up. You bought the takeout. You bought the gift cards. You made sure that those businesses would still be here today. And so that's why I get to stand here today very proud to say that this city's small business community is stronger than it's ever been, and your Chamber of Commerce is stronger than it's ever been. So sincerely tonight, even though it's three years later, this is my first opportunity since those three guys were smiling in that photo where I get to say thank you. And I get to extend an invitation to all of you to continue to participate in the local small business community. We have a series of events, coffee in the morning, we have lunches uh, once a month. Please go to our website, check out those events. This is an open invitation for everyone in this room, everyone watching at home to participate, come out and meet your local small business owners. And speaking of small business owners, this is, this is actually my fun part of the night. Uh, I get to honor a small business owner that's actually in the room tonight. So uh, I'm going to have our chamber president, Chris Toth, come join me on stage as we present the 2023 Business of the Year. So our Business of the Year was founded back at the turn of the century, in the year 2000, with a very simple mantra. I'm going to do the opposite of what customers expect from people in my industry. 
I'm going to do the job right. That's a bold statement. It's an honest statement, but that's a bold statement. And it's hard to live up to. But over the last 23 years, they have done just that, not only in our community, but across the region. I've mentioned community a few times tonight, and it's important here because beyond the work they do as a business, we're honoring them tonight because of the work they do in our community. The president of this company is the first to volunteer for nearly any role. I've seen it firsthand as I run a local pediatric cancer foundation, and he's never missed an opportunity to step forward and help kids that need it the most. He served on the board of the National Association of the Remodeling Industry, NARI, and his involvement, was that a noise back there? Oh, is that a noise? Oh, hmm. stay tuned. And his involvement with the Better Business Bureau and his endless, endless hours of volunteering for your Chamber of Commerce. For any of our initiatives, if we need someone to take the ball and run with it, he's already halfway down the field. From welcoming new businesses to rallying all of us when we hear a business is in trouble. All of these roles show that our business of the year doesn't just exist to strengthen their business, but all businesses and all families in and around our community. The tagline, good people, great painters, and as I've found, even better friends. Please join me in congratulating the 2023 Business of the Year, Toth Painting Solutions. Would you like to say a few words? John threw me for a loop just before, too, with another name that I thought it could have been. I said, geez. Mayor said, I've got this one taken care of this year. I don't, I don't question him. He's never, he's never let me down. So I thought, eh, he's got it covered. Um, thank you all very much. Very, very shocking, very surprising. Um, my wife, Caroline's here. Um, she may have known because she hasn't come to these very often so <laughs> and here she is so um, i want to thank you for you and yours and the, the kids over the years and uh, our community i can't can't think of a can't think of a better community to work in we chose to live here because of working in all of these communities we chose brexville and it was really the people that drew us in um, so here we are dream come true thank you so much I guess now I, now I get to do my part. The citizen of the year. Now that I'm shaking a little bit. So fortunately for us, we, we were able to get the citizen of the year here tonight. And uh, he didn't think I knew who he was. I introduced myself to him like I didn't know who he was. So There's a gentleman here, Bob Petrushka. Why don't you come up here, Bob? In 1985, he built a new home in Brexville and has lived there ever since. He was Brexville Senior Volunteer Man of the Year in 2011 for his now 20 years of driving the human service vehicles, transporting seniors to medical appointments. We estimate that he has driven almost 10,000 people. No one else comes, to that, it comes close to that record, Bob. 
He had a 41-year career with LTV Steel, holding supervisory positions in operations, metallurgical, and quality control departments. Not only that, he holds three steel-making patents. He volunteered as a Channel 25 auction, was a red coat usher at Playhouse Square. He was a member of the Brexville Kiwanis Club. Most notably, every year, Bob rings the Salvation Army bell at Giant Eagle. He rings there when no one else is available, including on Christmas Eve. Thank you for that, Bob. So far in his bell ringing career, he has single-handedly collected $15,000. He is also a veteran. From 1961 to 1963, he was assigned to the Finance Corp. 2nd Army Headquarters at Fort Meade, Maryland, and served overseas at the 1st Cavalry Division Headquarters at Camp Howes, Korea. May I present to you, Bob, why don't you turn around first before we do this? There's some, there's some folks I want to share this moment with you. Okay. Look over there to your right. Who are those people? His family didn't want to miss this moment. May I present Bob Petruska, 20, 2023 Citizen of the Year, Brexville. Unaccustomed as I am to public speaking and unprepared as I am for this award, please be certain that I very much appreciate uh, this, this award. Thank you again. Thank you again to everybody to join in these celebrations tonight. Thank you again, and thank you to all of you for helping us to celebrate our 2023 Business of the Year and Citizen of the Year. So with that, we are excited to move on to our main program tonight. Uh, it is great to be able to once again welcome to the stage for his 2023 State of the City Address, Mayor Jerry Ruby. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to talk tonight 
until my voice gives out or we do the last slides. I just want you to know that. I woke up this morning, and whoever of you put a pin in my doll, you were successful because I woke up with a sinusitis of an infection. So it's not COVID, it's not anything but sinus. So the drainage is what has done what it's done to my voice. Uh, our police prosecutor tried to put me in jail because of it to give me excuse not to be here, but it didn't work. Before I begin, I just want to say and, and express my sincere appreciation to Bob Petruska. Bob is one of the volunteers, one of the many volunteers that works for the city, helps the city, gives of himself every day to help and make someone's life better that needs to make their life better. So, Bob, thank you so very much. Or that you're getting and that you've got is so well-deserved. And I know that it represents all of the volunteers that help us here at the city of Brexville. Mr. Toth, <laughs> uh, congratulations. Like you are. Take care of you. Is this on too? That's what's wrong. They don't take care of you until the, the end, like the shoemaker's kid gets the shoes last. Well, here you are. Congratulations. But that doesn't mean you're done. That just means you have another beginning. Uh, thank you so very much. And I can tell you, Bob uh, is, uh, gives of himself also all the time. And... Uh, his company uh, donates money to various organizations, uh, shares some of their profits, and we appreciate that very much. Uh, most of all, though, I will give you this rounding recommendation. If you need a painter, get Toth Painting. They did all the painting in our house, and they're just a wonderful, wonderful company. That being said, I have one other thing. There is a young lady in the audience who I dearly love. And she is here, why I have no idea, because it has been so many years, every year, that she shows up at this event. Today is a special day, it's Washington's birthday. But what's really special about today is it's Katie Gallus's birthday. Katie is now 93 young. Katie, why don't you stand? Thank you for being here. I appreciate it very much. You could have been out having a wonderful dinner and all the other things that you're wonderful. I'm sure, we'll, we'll take care of later. Well, folks, um, this is going to be a little different uh, tonight. There's a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about because of the fact that we haven't done this for a couple of years. Uh, we did something online much shorter than tonight. Um, and, I, and I'm filled with a lot of emotion. This is my 35th State of the City address in my 55th year of being a member of this city family. And I can tell you to the residents of this town how much I appreciate the opportunity and how well you have taken care of me family over the years. Uh, this is the only job I've ever had other than when I was going to school and uh, during the summers. Uh, when I was going to school. So um, thank you residents very much for the opportunity.
served you, say to you that as much as I appreciate that opportunity, I appreciate those that really make the city run the way that it runs. It is not the mayor. It is not city council. We provide guidance. We provide approvals. We follow the charter. We follow the ordinances. The council creates the ordinances and authorizes the spending. But who performs the duties? It's our employees. And with us tonight, we have our outstanding department heads that were able to attend. Our service director, Ron Whitig, uh, Tammy Tabor, our clerk of council, Nick Zamiska, our fire chief, Becky Reiser, our purchasing director, Scott Packard, our building commissioner, Monica Barkowitz, director of city planning and development, and also economic development, Lieutenant Greg Mares, who's representing uh, the police department, and Lisa Sable, our police prosecutor, prosecutor for the city. I'm also honored to have members of city council here this evening, and with that, I'll introduce them as I go through the slides. So if you'd start uh, with the first slide, uh, there's our, uh, that's all right. You're just going so fast that we can't even get back to it. That's all right. That is the city logo. Um, it became the city logo. Just everybody started to adopt it uh, over the years. Uh, it is on almost everything that we have done uh, since uh, uh, we started this administration. And it still is appropriate today. And every city council has recognized the true meaning of this. And that is we build our future with respect for our past. We always look back. Consider what the forefathers have done, what they created, and then decide whether or not we need to follow in that, change it, or come up with something completely different. Next. Currently, our population is 13,539 people with 55, 45 households. 35 years ago, if you would have asked me that this would be the number of our population, I would have told you, no way. We are in the middle of a building boom. We are headed to 20,000 people without question. At that time, we even estimated that maybe we won't get to 20, but we're going to get to 17 for sure in the, in the next 20, 30 years. We're still there. Why? Because we decided, and the, the citizens of this community decided to control their growth. They wanted to take advantage of green space, they wanted to take advantage of larger lots. Uh, we rezoned much of uh, the available land at that time from our 20 to our 30. And we cut back on the development numbers, but also created the larger homes. In retrospect, some will say, well, you locked out a, young, a lot of young people. But I, I don't believe that's true when you look at the census of our community and how many people are young people who have been successful and have either moved to Brexville, remained in Brexville, or moved back to Brexville. Next. Reaching the public, we still continue to uh, hear that at times we don't present ourselves loud enough, uh, long enough, and uh, 
We have the bulletin that comes every other month. We have the city webpage with full instructions. We have the messages that come out now and then from the mayor's office about current things that are going on. And then we have the calendar. Plus, we have a Facebook page, Twitter page, uh, and we participate in the social media. Next slide. Our city council leadership with us tonight, our council president, uh, Laura Redinger, uh, Dominic Caruso, our vice president, and also chairing the finance committee, is out of town and could not be here tonight. Next. Uh, I want you to notice the name in the upper left-hand corner. Somebody told me that they saw Lou Carus run out of this building quickly today with a laptop computer. And lo and behold, he's up there. The only problem is he forgot to change his face. That is Ron Ganim, a newly elected member of city council. Did I say Ron? God love him, I'll tell you. <laughs> I just wonder what he would say when he heard me. It's like Scaljack. Greg Scaljack was Dan Scaljack and will be Dan Scaljack forever. He's going to be Ron forever. Daryl Kingston, uh, properly spelled. Some lovingly call him Darrell, but it's Daryl Kingston. He's the chairman of our Streets and Sidewalks Committee. And Kepke, chairman of our Buildings and Grounds Committee. They are both here. Uh, Beth Savage, chair of legislation, unfortunately could not be here, but uh, certainly she wants a video copy. And Brian Stuckey, our chairman of utilities, who is sitting right here up front. Uh, again, I appreciate all of their support. This is a new council. Only Laura Redinger served more than, uh, well, let me see now, uh, going into the fourth year. So she's the only one that served longer uh, than any of the councilmen. Most of them have served either two years or four years or three years. So uh, it is a new council. Uh, they stepped forward when some of the uh, councilmen that had been around for a while uh, decided to step down, and they have done a great job. Next. Some financial milestones, and now we'll go quick. This is the 16th year uh, the city has award, uh, was awarded its popular annual finance report, received an award. Uh, congratulations to our finance department. Next slide. Uh, it is the 32nd consecutive year uh, that we have won the comprehensive financial report uh, year. The, the first one is an, an achievement that is the higher end. This is the lower end, but yet it's still the award and, and very few communities receive it. But 32 straight years, we've received this award. Next. Uh, other city milestones. Again, I'm very happy to say that no city increase in city property taxes have taken place now. Uh, it, it, it'll be the 36th year. It's the 35th right now. Uh, the last time there was a levy passed in Brexville to raise property taxes or a bond issue, I should say, was in 1987 when the one mill levy was passed to build the new library that they didn't know where they wanted to build. So the library was the last time. Property evaluations, uh, this is 
again, a, a record for the city. I think it's a record for most communities, if any have ever reached this milestone. In the last two years, our property valuations have increased by $100 million, almost $102 million. That is a remarkable milestone. That's a 31% increase in two years. Now, to those that say our taxes are so high, well, they are in some instances. They are because your property values continue to grow and grow and grow. The other is, is that without passing any millage for raising your property taxes, we continue to fall on the list from the top to now where there are only 14 communities that have and will collect a millage uh, less than ours. Before, we were probably somewhere around 60 below us. So without passing uh, the taxes over this year, you can go to the next slide, we've been able to accomplish that. Uh, from 1988, to 2023, the city has received nearly $64 million in grants. Last year alone, in 22, and part of this will come in 23, we received $22,784,884. That's something that we are so proud of, and we're proud of it because our department heads participate, go after these grants, now that Monica's with us as our um, um, person that oversees our grants, along with uh, Becky Reiser, who has done a remarkable job all these years. Becky now has help. Um, and they aggressively go after this money. Uh, council authorizes them to go after it. Uh, we do a lot of lobbying to get the money with our, with our uh, other public officials that represent us in the State House. In, the, in Washington, D.C., and in, in the state legislature. It was said on Facebook a while ago, and as the night goes on, I probably will say things I shouldn't say about Facebook and social media, but I'm going to say them anyhow. It said on there, you know, Brexville, take a look and pay attention. You ought to get these little grants now and then, and you're going to build up a number of grants. Well, that's true, but we've already done it, and we've already been doing it. For, for many, many years. And it's, it was sort of a, a, a shot on the city, but at the same time, it was a suggestion that we go after little grants. But it didn't recognize the fact that our people have done such a great job. And that's what sort of upsets me about some of the one-sided things that are placed on social media. Next, there's the grants coming up. I'm not going to go through them all, but you can look very quickly. These are the grants in, in 22. Uh, next slide. That continues on, and there you see the total on the bottom. Uh, the most remarkable track, uh, uh, track grant is from TRAC, Transportation Review Advisory Council, uh, $17,467,830. We got grants towards the interchange. We got grants on Miller Road. We got grants on... Uh, uh, other uh, projects throughout the town, sewer projects, other projects. So congratulations to our staff. Uh, they really, really do well.
Next. Property tax rate, as I told you before, we were in upper 50th. Uh, now we're down in the lower 22nd. Uh, if I said 14, maybe I'm wrong. I can't add right, but that's 15. Go ahead, next one. This keeps changing, but only a penny. If you take $1 of taxes that you pay, Cuyahoga County gets 27 cents. Rexville Bravie Heights City School District now is dropped to 54 cents. The Cuyahoga Valley Joint School is now 3 cents. The city receives 12 cents, and the library receives 4 cents. That equals the one tax dollar. So when people say, we pay all these taxes to Brexville, and we should get this, we should get this, we should get that. You do, but it's not coming from this, because this only generates about five, just under $6 million. All the rest of the money comes from income tax, fees, and so forth. Next slide. There's our income tax. It's 42% uh, of our um, revenues is city income tax, uh, $20,476,040. Something's happening with that number. Uh, so far this year, we're up. Uh, last year, we're down slightly. Why were we down? Because people now work at home. At one point, we had nearly 1,000 people working at PNC at the south end of town. They have now cut back to only 25% of those people now work here in Brexville and pay directly to Brexville's income tax. Lubrizol went down in numbers. Cross-country mortgage opted to Cleveland to go into a historic district in a historic building. Took that nearly million dollars with them. But we almost reached the same number last year. And this year, again, as I said, thus far we're up. The state's got to do something about this. We sent a letter out to our residents telling them, hey, if you worked in Cleveland and you're now working in Brexville, then you need to get a refund from Cleveland and you need to send it to us. And uh, we have a new income tax administrator who is going to oversee this program for us and make sure that we are fairly collecting the money that we should be getting. But the legislature and the courts did this and it has thrown many municipal governments into some little bit of financial turmoil and we're all waiting to see where it all comes down in the end. That's why, as I'll go on, Valerakis is going to be uh, just a wonderful, wonderful thing for the city. Next slide. General government um, expenditures, 21% of our money funds general government. Capital improvements, 27%. So we are one of the communities that spends more money on capital improvements than on personnel in the general government. We're able to do that because of the fact that we are somewhat lean and mean. We are reasonable in our wages and benefits to our employees. That is the reason we have that kind of money to spend in other areas that need our aging infrastructure improvements. Next slide. These are our priorities. I'll go over them quickly. For the first time ever, 
$3.4 million will go into the road program. Uh, normally it's right around $1.2 million. Uh, you'll read about some cities, it's 600, 900, 800, whatever. 3.4 million for a city our size is a major investment. It is unusual. It will be an unusual year. We're not going to expect that every year. But that money is going in for concrete slabs, uh, curbs, and sidewalks. And that is that 1,023,000 will go towards that. We also have the Miller Road uh, interchange expansion underway uh, and the improvements to Miller Road underway. The Miller Road will be widened. I'll show you a little later. Glenwood Trail sewer roadway and the sewers, plural, sanitary and storm uh, roadway sidewalks. Next slide. Chippewa Road Sanitary Sewer Project, review to WESI. Um, we have now just about sewered everything in Brexville. There's just a few little areas that do not have sewer that are still on septic tank. I don't know that we'll ever get to them, but this is the last of the major sewer projects. Highland Drive Cemetery expansion, Blossom Hill Trail, Valley Parkway to Glenwood and Oaks. We're putting in a trail through the Blossom Hill property from Valley Parkway. It was part of the uh, program for uh, the school and uh, connectivity with the school and uh, getting our neighborhoods together. And then we have other infrastructure projects. Next slide. And when I say that they're building, we are building the garage for engineering department and we're uh, doing other capital projects uh, throughout the city. City master plan, go ahead. Uh, since we were last together, we built this. Uh, you see what it was before on the left, and on the right, you see what we now have. Uh, we have now added an indoor aquatic center. We have an outdoor uh, playground of uh, water, so to speak. Uh, that uh, was opened last year, and we've had a rousing success with the number of people that come to it each day during the summer and inside just about every day. Next slide. There's the uh, aquatics facility outside. One of the shots, keep going through them now. That's the indoor uh, expansion. Uh, it's uh, like a playground. Then also, since we last were together, the Brexville Braviad City School District built an elementary school. We talked about it back then that it was coming. We had this idea about merging the city of Brexville and the school together in building this facility, this complex. Uh, we felt we were in need of additional uh, space for recreation uh, in the name of indoor uh, type sports. Uh, so we had the idea of building a field up at Blossom that was part of the Blossom plan. Um, we decided to move the water park from Blossom instead of having it there, put it here at this complex so everybody could come together here. This, we decided, should go up there because it's going to be for primarily team sports and in different events that uh, we'll be holding. Uh, <clears throat> it was built, and we shared in uh, the cost of the utilities going in, uh, shared in the cost of the roads and that. Uh, we cut in half what we would have had to pay and what the school would have had to pay because we shared it. Next slide. This is the cafetorium. It's just a neat name that they've named for a cafeteria. And take the tables away and you now have an auditorium. And at the end, uh, there's a, uh, a raised area. 
that can be used similar to a stage. Um, next slide. Let's look in the other way, on the other side. This uh, shows you where the field house is and shows you the size of the field house on the bottom in blue compared to the school itself. And, um, and when I say that, I'm talking about the cafetorium. The school paid for the cafetorium to be built. We paid for the field house. Next slide. Um, their pickleball, uh, that is uh, a fast-growing sport in our community. F not fast enough for some, uh, but we're making uh, strides to try to get as much of it together as we can for our people who feel that there's a great demand in our community. Next slide. Uh, there it gives you just a shot of the field house. Uh, the first uh, try at the field house, we had a, a volleyball tournament, including Brexville and uh, I don't Independence, and I'm not sure who else was there, but it, it was just marvelous to see uh, how many people could fit in that building, how many games could be ongoing. It looks like we only have three courts, but there are there are four courts, four full basketball courts. It's lined for pickleball, it's lined for volleyball, it's lined for uh, tennis. Um, we're going to have a pitching machine inside the building. You see the walking uh, area around the, uh, uh, the course, it's uh, the track. And uh, the basketball nets, some of them go up and down in size to accommodate the little guys who use this as their gym during the day. So the school uses it during the day. We use it in the evening, and we use it on the weekends and during holidays. Next slide. Um, we're moving, switching gears now. Uh, this is a piece of land, <coughs> excuse me, a piece of land that the city acquired um, when we acquired the school uh, from um, the Brexville Braviite Schools. We are in the process of determining the use of that land um, with the intention of selling off part of it, the part with the house. So there's a residential historic home next to the Knowlton Bourne House and the land behind it to block and help to create a buffer for the Old Town residents. That'll be coming up soon uh, before the Planning Commission as will a rezoning idea uh, concept for Central School. Next slide. City Services. Next slide. Uh, this is our horticultural center that was built uh, some years ago. Uh, inside this building, we keep a lot of our equipment. It houses our horticultural staff. Um, it's been really a, just a wonderful added facility for us. The garden is across the street. Uh, there's parking, there's salt barn that's there. And now that we own the Stadium Drive um, athletic field property, uh, good things and more things are going to come here in this area. Next slide. There shows the garden. Always have a waiting list. Thank you to the Beautification Committee. They do this. They run this. They put it all together. They walk around and they decorate the town at Christmas and Easter and all the other times, decorate our buildings. It's all volunteers. So I, just a word to them. Thank you so much for all you do. Next slide. Safety Town. Um, seems like 
just yesterday. But, you know, since we last met, Safety Town was built, uh, put in, and uh, there's the proud police chief at the time driving uh, the train. Uh, the train goes around Safety Town, and young, young kids are uh, allowed to, not allowed, but are able to ride cars. Uh, we've used it in parades, and uh, it's just been, this whole thing has been a, a great community project, and it's a great safety town. Next. Uh, the community center continues to be, you know, really one of the gems of the city. Uh, our numbers of memberships went down significantly during the time that the COVID struck. Uh, people didn't want to be with people. Uh, those that wanted to all masked up, separated once we opened up the building again. And uh, that one employee lost a dime. We paid our employees throughout the period. Um, some never showed up to work because they were working from home. But when you work from home and you do something up there, how do you work from home? So, But it, it uh, we went through it, and the minute it opened back up, it's up real quick and it's just Service Center. Drive up and we'll hand you a sandwich. And that's what they did. They kept doing it for months and months and years uh, during COVID. And they still have the grab and go concept going on, although they are going coming back into the into the building. So I can't uh, you know thank them enough. Uh, Dina, who is our chef, has done a wonderful job with this and with our concessions, and of course, uh, Gina, and uh, I can't remember the other lady's name, it, intentionally. Um, <laughs> Bruce the weatherman, if you remember Bruce the weatherman, his wife, Kalinowski. Is she here? Doggone it. I thought she was here. Next slide. The police department. Uh, they've enjoyed their new station. Uh, we appreciate very much the support of the community in building that building, the state of the art that it is. Uh, it is serving our community well, as our police are and always have. Next slide. Cuyahoga Valley Dispatch Center. We started out with four communities. Now, this is, and I said Cuyahoga Valley. No, that's Chagrin Valley Dispatch. That's an error. Chagrin Valley Dispatch, they had their unit over there, and so we combined somewhat together. But since that time, we have added to now where there's like 35-some communities out of the 57 are now part of the Chagrin Valley Dispatch Center. Um, 
a great number of them are dispatched out of our center, and we're almost at capacity. I think we can put one more city there. It has its up and downs. It's been. Next slide, please. There shows you uh, a shot on the dispatch center. This was the day before uh, we had a ribbon cutting with the mayors. Um, this was uh, that day. It's much different today. Much has been added. A lot more people are working in there. So um, it, it's been good. Next. Our fire department. Uh, this was at a ceremony when they were uh, welcoming our new truck, our new pumper to the city. Uh, Lieutenant Leonard is um, standing there and he's giving it the uh, when they bring it in. It was a great day and uh, our fire department is just incredible. The lives that they save all the time is, is just remarkable. And I talk to the doctors up at uh, Metro Health and nurses and staff up there and they constantly compliment the work that's being done by our police who help them and the fire department. So we praise our fire department as we praise our police. Next. Residential development. And I'm gonna get, don't think I forgot the service part, we'll go back. Residential development. This is part of the story of this year. We don't have any development left. All the developments have been sold out. One of them sold over $50 million in a year. Incredible. We do have, in the future, the proposal for the, the two-phase, second-phase, and third-phase of the Woodlands. Uh, that has been brought before planning, but they are working on their plans yet, taking what planning has sent them and making some revisions uh, to their plan. There is a possibility that there could be a development on Snowville Road near Dewey. There is a possibility that there could be a development where the Highland Drive School was. There is a possibility that they could combine some properties together in the area of Whitewood, Hilton, and 21 back of those properties but that's it and unless you go and you buy an older house and you knock it down or you renovate it that's the end of the residential building and I found it incredible recently that people are talking about and complaining about how many homes we're building and how we're filling our schools and you know, residential development in Brexville is about done um, again what, 150, 200 more could happen in houses? But then we have Valor Acres, and you can add some people there. But the point still remains. Uh, our land's gone. Why is it gone? National Park, Metro Parks, the conservancies. Since and the parks acquired the property that was going to be the piece. I think I announced that last time. 
Conservancy, the park plans on using property for trails. The B.F. Goodrich parcel of property is also now in the Conservancy, and that's the piece that runs down the street all the way Parkview to Route 21. That's in the Conservancy. When we go to Valor Acres, I'll show you how much of that is in the Conservancy. A piece of land on Miller Road where they were planning on building a house is in a conservancy, our houses. Uh, I think they wanted 17 or 14, anywhere from 14 to 17 houses. That's going into a conservancy. So the green space number in Brexville is not diminishing. It's growing. It's getting bigger and bigger. And I would think our tree canopy numbers will continue to remain as they are today. Next slide. Valor Acres Residential PDA. There are proposed and approved 157 multi-family units. 28 units of single family with attached townhomes and eight units that are going to be single family only condo. Why is this component there? Well, when we proposed the zoning to the voter years ago, we put residential there because during the public hearings, people said, Are there, is there going to be residential there? And we said, sure. We think it should be because we should have a buffer to the people that live on Westfield. That residential area is, as you see, and it has been approved by the Planning Commission for the most part. There are some other issues that have to be resolved regarding the, the units on the bottom there. Next slide. Economic development. Next slide. This, I guess you wouldn't call economic development, but it is. Julie Billiard Schools selected Brexville as its new home. Uh, they had a facility in Westlake, Akron, and Lyndhurst. They now bought the Chippewa Elementary School from the school district. Uh, they plan on putting $2 million in improvements into that structure. Uh, they have been so kind as to uh, agree with the city that we can use their open land to continue with the recreation programs, the fields that we utilize there on their property. Uh, they're going to be a wonderful neighbor. Uh, they they uh, are a school for children with special needs, autism. Um, they have a wonderful, wonderful rec uh, representation in their in the hierarchy of the school. Uh, they've met with the city on many occasions, and there is a, a really good uh, relationship that's been developed between uh, the city and the school. So we look forward to it. It's going to serve a great need in our community. Next slide. As part of the economic development program, Monica, Monica, are you here? Okay, stand up, Monica. That's Monica Barkowitz. Monica has put together, as part of our economic incentives, an incentive guide which talks about what we'll do for your company, a small business guide which lists all of the businesses in our community and talks about them, and lastly, a visitor's guide. These are given out to potential businesses that are looking 
to locate in Brexville. Next slide. Oh, there's Monica. We didn't have to have you stand up. Okay, now, before you start it. Oh, the effect is going to be gone, but that's all right. You know how you get things in the mail and you go and you throw them away? Well, I got this thing in the mail and I, I said, ah. I was getting ready to, and I said, you can't rip this thing up. I opened it up and it started talking to me. It's, it's a little player with a screen. And I opened it up and says, hi, welcome to so-and-so, so-and-so. We're a company that produces this. And if you'd like to use it, for any kind of tool for your community, we'll sell them to you. Well, I thought, well, that's a novel idea. I remember during the campaign for um, the one Bush campaign when, uh, why am I forgetting his name? The last Bush campaign, not George, either one of the Georges, but Jeb. When Jeb was, i got to forget Jeb. He had the same thing but only they were real iPads from Apple. So I took it to Monica. Monica took it to Miles. Miles took it to what Miles does. <laughs> and now we've created this, and anybody that we've given it to thus far goes, wow, never seen one of these before. This is, this is a great tool. It's brought a couple companies to us already, and I think it's going to bring a couple more very soon. So, Monica, let's put the thing on. I'm sorry I, I happen to be on it for a little bit, but not long. Go ahead. Hello. I'm Jerry Ruby. I'm the mayor of the city of Brexville. I've been the mayor for the past 35 years, and I've enjoyed the wonderful opportunity <coughs> to present our community to local businesses, businesses from all sections of the United States, that have considered and have relocated in the city of Brexville. It goes on then for another about nine minutes. And uh, at the end, uh, the mayor comes back on <coughs> and he talks to the people. He says, Mr. Jones, your company, Acme, we want you to come to Brexville. We want you to be part of our city family. We want you to give us this wonderful opportunity to have you here in our community. You will be an asset. Things like that, we say. Um, so I just wanted to brag about it. I think it's a great thing, Monica. Uh, Miles, thank you both very much. Good thing I didn't throw it away. Next slide. <coughs> As I'm starting to fade. Downtown development. Uh, you know, this, the, the square is still the focus of the downtown. People come to the square, just walk around, take pictures. Um, it's really, you know, our forefathers did a great thing when they created that. Next. Uh, just recently, New in Town, <coughs> if you haven't visited them yet, uh, Blue Habanero, I think everybody's been in there from the number of people and the number of you that have been in our jail already. Wayne. <laughs> also, 1811 Specialty Shop, what a great shop to go into and look around. Um, they're doing a marvelous job naming things after Brexville, having Brexville items. And I bought a candle that said Vaughn's Meadow or something like that. And I thought, wow, this is great. Um, <coughs> King Tut, 
just opened up at uh, Millside. Uh, Barbara Dale is coming. Who's Barbara Dale? All the kids, I guess, know him, but he's from Broadway Heights, and he's coming. He's going into the space next to Apricot Lane. That's in the Masonic Temple building, those three large windows you see there and two entrances, that building. Apricot Lane. I'll just say this to you. Look it up online. They're in Strongsville. They chose Brexville. You'll, you'll read a lot about it um, online as to why they chose Brexville, why they're coming here. It's the first dress women's store that we've had since we lost ours, you know, back in the mid, mid-70s. So we're very happy about that. Uh, there's a lot of interest in the downtown. I think you're going to hear about other businesses uh, coming to the downtown. And they all know about Valor Acres, and they all look to the idea that, you know, Brexville is uh, continuing. And, you know, it's interesting. Uh, uh, I was telling the one, there's a guy, that, there are three guys that have restaurants that are thinking of the bank building at the corner of 21 and 82. And they said, you know, well, what's the longevity of your businesses here? How long do your restaurants last? I said, they don't last very long. Really? And I said, well, let me run it down to you. Simons has been here over 50 years. Courtyard has been here over 30 years. Where Burntwood is located now has been here since the 30s. The Pickle, how long has that been here? You know, 30, 40 years. Um, I'm forgetting something, Creeks, uh, Creekside? I wasn't forgetting. I just wanted to see if you'd stand up and say, I want equal time, but you didn't. Creekside? How long have you been there now? 21? 31 years. My goodness. So when they hear that, they say, well, we thought you didn't have any restaurants in Brexville. That's what we were told. And we, we didn't realize they're here. And I said one thing. If the food's good, you're good, and it'll be a good future. If the food's bad, service is bad, because our people are like our people are, like most people are. Next slide. So we're happy about what's going on in the downtown. Valor Acres. Now, I put this up there. I promised myself I would not use this. But I just hope people remember what was there at one point in time. 999,000 square feet of Bradley brick buildings that the federal government ran a wonderful VA hospital in. We hated to see them go. Over the history, there have been problems, but we hated to see them go. One of the things that we wanted to remind people of is the fact that they had this, this smokestack. They had lights, they had six-story buildings. They had a retention pond. They had problems with their retention pond. What it's being replaced with is really a great thing for the city. And the income tax that was received from the VA pro uh, property, uh, at least three times more, uh, should come out of Valor Acres when it's all said and done. Next slide. This is a, an earlier shot of uh, development of the property. Uh, Ginny, do you have your marker or no? 
Okay, show them where Sherwin-Williams is, please. That tent that's up front, that's also Sherwin-Williams. It's a staging area, but this whole area here is Sherwin-Williams. All that on the other side of where the blue is in that, that is the Valor Acres part. The piece at the far north, if you show that, Ginny, that's where the residential area comes in through there. Next shot. And again, this is a much earlier shot. Go ahead. This is the, um, the master plan. Now, let me just say this to you. What you see there is the master plan. What it's going to be will be foretold in the future as they bring projects to the Planning Commission. But the Planning Commission wanted to see what they were thinking of and where they were thinking of placing, placing the buildings. The only building that's under consideration of all this that you see there right now is Building I, which is at the corner of Miller. If you show them where Miller is, that's Miller and 21. As you turn the corner, there will be this building. The other buildings will be coming soon. Um, there may be a building coming to the, if you show the, the top area, there may be a building coming soon to that area before this area. It just depends on who signs what. Everyone is waiting, um, a lot of them are waiting for the interchange. Now that the interchange is there, we're getting down to business. Properties in the area are now uh, being put up for sale or offered uh, because of the big money that, that will be there as a result of this. Next slide. This is a video, and I'm going to tell you when to stop it. Stop it. The road that is running up and down from the bottom to the top is Miller Road, a widened Miller Road. The road at the top is Route 21. Lubrizol's across the street. This is the way the development will look from and as you're driving east on Miller Road. The building that we're talking about, Ginny, if you'd point to, that's up before the commission now is that building there. But all the rest of this is going to tie in together in the way that they're planning uh, these buildings. Next slide. Oh, let it go. Sorry. I'll tell you when to stop again. Stop. Miller Road again. Up and down at the angle, Route 21. The building on the corner. Again, these are the concept of what's coming. You see where Sherwin-Williams is. You see all those green trees that you see up there? That is going, that's the conservancy. And there's going to be a buffer between Sherwin-Williams and the interstate. You're not going to see the building. Unlike all the other areas along 77 where you have development, they clear the woods out and they want their building there with a big sign on it. So that is that view, if you keep going. Okay, we're done. Next slide, please. 
That's a rendering showing what it should look like at night. There will be a night, nighttime use of that property uh, or this facility, but it's not going to be a destination point for people in other communities. We're not going to have any big box retail. We're going to have some restaurants, maybe a bank, maybe a coffee store, a coffee shop, um, hotel, um, and a, um, I said, did I say grocery store? Grocery store. And there may be a gas station, not necessarily on this property, but somewhere by it. That's it. It's going to be office use and research and development use. So people who think that this is going to draw a, a, a variety of people here, like, for example, shoplifters. Well, there's nothing to shoplift. Unless you want to shoplift out of a restaurant. I don't think that's going to happen much. Uh, bank robbers. No, I don't think so. They're going to be pretty, pretty isolated at the bank. What else could possibly happen there? Stolen cars. Well, you've got to be vigilant. We'll do that. But the fact of the matter is, please don't think that this is going to be another Crocker Park or it's going to be what any of the others are. This is Valor Acres in Brecksville. It is a business district office lab research district, uh, residential district, to serve those that work there and at night to serve our city or during the day, for that matter, if you want to go hit one of the restaurants for lunch. Next. This is the residential look. This is, at the bottom of the slide, you're moving towards the interstate, you're going towards the west. Going that way, you're going towards the east. There's the tower. There's the apartment building that you can see along 21 already. There, where the, where the smokestack is with the dirty stuff coming out of it, that is a monument uh, to the veterans that were served here and to the people that served them. Uh, there's going to be a monument showing various plaques that were there, but also honoring our military and then saying some of the milestones that this hospital had. First uh, stress unit, uh, first uh, drug unit uh, dosage, first to carry uh, guards to carry guns. I mean, this was the first, and a lot of things happened here. Gambling, first gambling uh, clinic. So all that will be on that smokestack. It's filled with trails. You can see the trails going there. They're going to tie into other trails. The Metro Parks wants to come right through this property. And they will and go to Miller Road and, and also connect the Route 21. But do it so they can go down, come up Parkview, and it's going to be a great plan. I'm sure the park is getting ready to you know, show us. That's going to be at the corner of Route 21 and Miller Road. Uh, people see it and they go, oh, it's on Brickville. Where's the cupola? Where's the black roof and where's the brick? Well, this is a development that is different. It's a development that is its own entity 
It's a development that will serve a certain part of the population, as I told you, those that work there. But it's, it's a development that calls upon the kind of buildings that people want today for research, development, office, what have you. This building is being built because they have two tenants, and they're going to fill the building. So they're building it first, and it is in its final stages of being approved by the Planning Commission. But I, I'm, I'm trying to get this out to the public. We've been uh, uh, making sure that people know we have these public hearings. Um, they're available. We stream. Uh, people can see it. But that's the building that will be on the corner. Next shot. There's the back of the building, and you see one of the entrances of the building and an outside area with a restaurant inside there. That's where the restaurant is uh, supposed to be. It's right inside that area there. Purpose for this again, first floor, put some retail in. Everything else goes upstairs. Next slide. Um, someone said, uh, do we have much commercial property at South End that we can, we can rely on or look to? And there it is. I mean, there are many residential properties, <coughs> vacant land. I'm sorry, did I say residential? I'm sorry, I meant commercial properties and vacant land. We are not closing the lights on our commercial development at the South End. It's just starting. No more houses. Just about not many coming more. No need for more police. No need for more fire. No need for more streets. No need for more service. But... You keep building these buildings and they keep bringing you income tax. And our future economically should be as bright as it has been. Next slide. Uh, pace financing, just quickly, if you have a building in town, you want to do some energy things with it, uh, we have that program. Uh, Monica uh, will be one of the representatives for us to deal with that. Uh, any of the businesses that would like to do some renovation to your building in that, uh, talk to, um, to Monica, talk to our building department, uh, talk to Ted Lux, and we can tell you about the PACE financing program. Next. These are the grants that we have identified that we're going after uh, next year, just to show you the number of grants that, uh, that we seek. Next slide. Current and future projects, uh, the downtown accessible pedestrian signal project, um, community development, we're, we're working on that now. Uh, we're talking about uh, uses for uh, middle school, I mean the central school, uh, what to do with that property. Uh, finally, now that we know it's time that we can market that property and people are back and things are starting to work. Blossom Hill. Uh, connector Trail, which I mentioned, uh, Glenwood Trail Project, uh, which uh, I mentioned. Um, our police are seeking funding to get body cameras. They have cameras in the car now, but these are body cameras that they wear, and uh, it'll protect them and also show what is happening on the other side of the camera. Blossom Hill Tree Planting, um, the Department of National Resources gave us a, 
a large grant canopy grant. So we'll be planting a bunch of trees. I don't remember the number, but a bunch of trees at, uh, uh, up at Blossom. Next slide. Oh, I didn't make this suggestion yet, but anybody here play pickleball? I mean, we could provide this for you if we build an airport. Next slide. <clears throat> Just read that closely. This is one of the guys out there in the world that when he says something profound, it's profound. Stupid is knowing the truth. Seeing the truth, but still believing the lies. And that's what I say happens a lot in social media. No question about it. I can tell you that Brian Stuckey is the worst guy in the world. I can tell you Brian does things you wouldn't believe he does. And Brian can't do anything about it because that's the right speech. No one's held accountable for what they say. People give out misinformation. The city this and the city, uh, not necessarily. We run, for example, all of our meetings, public wanted. Social media now, a couple sites to put their name on, they run our meetings too. Why? What for? They don't people know that they go on, well, whatever. <clears throat> I'm not a fan. I understand it's the wave. I understand I'm not progressive. I understand I'm, I'm a generation. That's all. I'm, I know I'm an old man. I understand all that. I have the right to my opinion, so I just voiced it. Next slide. This uh, would bring tears to my eyes, but I've done it before uh, in showing people. You know, I, I have had the pleasure, privilege to work with the people. And, um, and I put them up there, unfortunately, because they died. And I, I still believe one of the best things we ever did was we named the Nikolai Field after Tony Nikolai when he could stand there and cry and say thank you. These guys probably don't realize how much they were revered by our town and how much they did for our town. If you don't know who they are, on the left is Mike Harwood. He was president of council, moving towards becoming the next mayor. No question about it. Mike did so much for recreation in this town, grew up here. I used to have him on my knees sometimes at his parents' house. I've known Mike, you know, his whole life just about. Mike passed of brain cancer while he was council president. It was a tragic time, tragic day, and we truly miss him. The guy in the middle walked in to my office years ago and said, hey, could I get on the Charter Review Commission? I said, sure, come on, sit down, let's talk about it. I was so he worked for American Greetings at the time and the county department. He said, well, I'd like to get on charter. We put him on charter. The next time a councilman left, the first name out of everybody's mouth is Larry Potla from the Charter Review Commission. Larry was appointed a council, stayed on council, and then eventually uh, decided it was time to move on, which he did. Bought a place in Florida, took his residency in Florida, and then unfortunately... He succumbed to cancer also. Bob Kubicek, 
Now, most of you probably know who he is. But this was the mayor. He was on council in 58 and 59. No, 57, 58. He was council president. He ran for mayor. They called him the boy mayor. He was in his early 20s. Just like they called my brother Jack the boy mayor because he was in his early 20s. He made so many major decisions about the, the town. For example, he opposed the VA hospital and reluctantly he went to the, to the opening. He supported building condominiums in Brexville. He supported the Brexville Shopping Center being built where it is, is built today. He moved the city on to the next level. Next time he ran, they voted him out. <laughs> he was there during the sesquicentennial in 61, and he and his daughters and his wife rode in the parade. Bob came back in, um, for our bicentennial in 2011. He rode with his daughters in the parade. He was parade marshal. Anytime I wanted to talk city or any advice, I'd call Bob. Bob finally passed away. Uh, you know, he grew up here in town. He was an athlete, and his parents owned a, a market here. And it says what I want to say also about council. So many of our council have lived here most of their lives, if not their whole lives. They have come back, or they came back in... in started their careers here again, or they were still here, and they stepped forward and they ran for council. There's like 30-some that I've worked with. That means that there's been change throughout with these councils. Um, but again, we are blessed and fortunate to have the caliber that we do. Next slide. And these guys are going to be missed. Okay, let me uh, get this rumor out of the way here. How many think a man called Otto was in part filmed in Brexville? How many think it wasn't? How many think? <laughs> the Cuyahoga Valley National Park, second most visited park in the nation, if you can believe that. Uh, when I was on the park board, I, I, I was dumbfounded when they started to talk about it. We were third at the time. With second most visited national park. And yes, a man called Otto ended up being filmed in part down under the bridge, Northfield, by where the train station is. They had big tents there. They used the train. They did some scenes on the train, did some walking scenes, did a couple walking scenes in the park and around Brexville. Tom Hanks was here for a few days, I guess. Um, that is not the first time that Brexville has been used for films. The problem is when they come to town, we can't because they want it quiet. So they came up with this idea. They said, well, we want to come in on Sunday and have a thing in your community center. We saw your community center. We'd like to come there and, and, and shoot a couple shots inside this very room. And I said, well, okay, but, you know, we got the public. Oh, no, 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 no. And we can't use that. That's really how it happened. And we were sworn not to say anything, and then eventually we were able to talk about it. But it was in part filmed here as some other ones. One I, I hate to admit, uh, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. 
Uh, they used our police. They used Route 21. And the bath wouldn't let them in their town. And rightfully so, I think. It's heartbreaking for the, the people that live there. Next. The metro parks. They just keep continuing to improve. They keep buying land. They keep getting in conservancy. Uh, they keep adding on to their golf courses, uh, the zoo. They just do a marvelous job, and they're a great partner with the city. Next. And they're going to do a lot, by the way, for Valor Acres. Next. Uh, God bless America. That means we're at the end. Um, I will just say a few things to you. Um, the state of the city, in my opinion, is, is good. No, it's great. I think we've done, and when I say we, I'm talking about the, the, the public. I think the public has done well in building their homes, maintaining their homes, and being involved in the community. When I think of all the people that volunteer day after day after day and help the city out, it's, it's rather remarkable. And none of them ask for anything, nothing at all. Um, to serve as mayor, I, it's been just an, a tremendous honor uh, to be the mayor of Brexville. And I've said over and over again, you'll never see my name on a sign. You'll never see my name on the stationery other than my own. You'll never see my name on this or on this or on that. Because if the people of Brexville don't know the name of their mayor, they don't deserve to, I guess. But the bottom line is, that's how this government works. Final word, our service department. Out of every department in the city, the one that receives the most praise in recent years has been the service department. They receive the praise for the way that they handle the snow removal, the way they take care of the properties, the way that they entertain the public, so to speak. And when I say by entertain, we're one of the few cities, if you call up and say, hey, you forgot my rubbish. Everybody else on the street, their rubbish is gone. There's just one can sitting there. But you forgot my rubbish. Yes, sir, we'll be right there. What's your address? The mailbox gets run over by or knocked over by the snow. Within a couple days, you got a new mailbox. The streets, you call up and say there's a bump in the road, as quick as they can they get to it, normally, as quickly as they can. Our infrastructure in our community is aging, but yet they're still making it all work. Our community center has been there 30 years. It's starting to show some wear and some needs. City Hall, 1971, it was built, 72 decorated, uh, uh, not decorated, dedicated. And it's the service department that's behind all of that. And I want to recognize our service director, Ron Whitick. Ron, if you'd stand. Valor Acres should be replacing the revenues that we have lost and will lose. It's a good thing for the town. I don't know how many of you know mayors in other cities, 
but ask him if they would have liked to have had Sherwin-Williams bring their R&D center to their town. The number of communities around us who are doing really well too have something like that in their town that has helped them tremendously. That's why I talk a lot about this development because I know what it's going to mean for our future. And I dispel the rumors that it's going to bring bad things, in my opinion, of course. There's some that think that will. Some are upset because it's being built. Why? Because they live by it, and it's annoying. And it makes noise, and it shines lights, and it, 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 it's going to do all that. But once it's done, it shouldn't be that way. That's like it in every neighborhood. And if all of you that went to a city meeting and said, I don't want that in my backyard, we'd have no development in Brexville at all. I mean, it's sort of interesting how a development gets approved and everybody says no to it. Our other future is the fact that our costs of operating the government are going to grow because of wages, are going to grow because of cost of products, but aren't going to grow because we're going to need to hire tons of people in the future. We're going to need three firemen in the near future so we can have three up at Valor Acres and three in the center. Ambulance up there, pumper up there, ambulances here. We'll now have fire station at the south end thanks to Valor Acres. There'll be a pilot police office there. Uh, probably won't be used very much. I don't think there'll be much crime there. But there will be a place. The police need it. Sherwin-Williams has become a partner. You'll hear that they're going to be donating quite a bit of money towards uh, certain things that we're doing. You're going to hear uh, other businesses that are locating there doing something similar uh, to the town. Um, and it's almost like the DiGirano company is, is saying to these people as they're lining up to go there, sign this piece of paper and say that you will not be a, a nuisance to the residents of the city of Rexville. When someone chooses Brexville, they choose it because of its location. They choose it because of our school district, no question about that. They choose it because of the variety of parklands we have and the amenities there. They choose it because of our reputation for city services. They choose it to raise their family. Many of them move here, they come here, and they stay here. Some come here and they want change immediately. I find that hard to understand, but I respect their right to say that. I respect the rights of any citizen to say what they feel and what's in their heart. They have that right to do that. And although we may not agree with them, they still have the right to say what they want to say. So I'm going to end this by saying this one thing to you. One thing that I will say is not good about the state of the city is all the respect that went away these past three years. I don't understand where the respect went. We would respect each other, respect each other's views, treat each other with respect. It's not like that anymore. 
Some people, yes. A lot of people, no. I just hope that as the years move on, that we get back to that. We get back to the concept of we are a city family. We respect each other. We want to help each other. We want to do things together. And we want to raise our children and have a great life and hope that our children come back and raise their children here so they can raise their children in Brexville. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. If anyone has any questions, I know I've been here a long time. If anyone has any questions, be happy to answer them as long as I want to. Brian, it's a joke. Thank you. Any questions? Well, thanks. Any question, anybody? Seriously. Okay, great. I get off easy tonight. Thank you all very much. Thank you, Chamber. I appreciate it. Thank you, Dan.